Hey there, thoughtful listener. What is your number one lead generation blocker? Head to upmyinfluence.com slash quiz to find out right now. That's upmyinfluence.com slash quiz, and I'll share why you aren't getting the intros and sales you deserve. We're also actively seeking guests for this daily commercial-free entrepreneur wisdom podcast. Agency owners, consultants, coaches, and B2B service providers, head to upmyinfluence.com slash guest, and I'd love to promote your expertise to our amazing audience. Let's get on with the show. With us right now, it's Oren Schauble. Oren, you are the founder of Product World. Uh, and you're, I love the name. I found on the web at productworld.xyz. Oren, thank you so much for joining us. Awesome. No, pleasure to be here, Josh. I'm looking forward to chatting. Yeah. So give us an overview of what Product World is. No, it's not found at your local strip mall. It's found on the web. Uh, I, I love the name. But uh, yeah, what does Product World do? Um, so I have a email newsletter called Product People and then a website called Product World that really just helps entrepreneurs and people with existing businesses uh, build better products and then utilize this new global supply chain that we all have access to over these last you know, few years mm. to go direct to supplier uh, and you know, build just incredible products and product roadmaps. And so are you, um, so is this primarily, um, would do you primarily work with people that they don't necessarily have a physical product, but they can source products. Or are you uh, working with people that that want to design their own product, then have it built, then yeah, you so know? I think it's, it's basically everyone within the value chain. And so I'm trying to just provide a lot of you know, value specifically in in content to um, entrepreneurs who want to make products for the first time, or people with existing product roadmaps who want to either cost it down or expand it and make it better. Maybe they found their kind of existing product style like stagnant. Um, and then on the other side, yeah, I, I work directly with brands uh, who are making really interesting products, usually in the luxury or kind of higher end space, on just you know ensuring that they're staying ahead of the curve, that you know the supply chain is locked in, etc. But what I found is I think that a, a decade ago, if you said that hey you can connect directly to a factory in China or a factory in Portugal and work with them to make a product you need. That idea would be inconceivable if you weren't flying over there all the time. Yeah. But now with the oh, internet yeah. and templates, here we are. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, um, you know, having a lot of conversations um, with some folks, maybe about five, six years. And has it, uh, are, are you saying that things have, uh, and, and what I was talking about um, with this guy, I remember when we were talking about that is he would say, you know, Josh, if you are going to work with a supplier or a manufacturer in China and you do not fly over there and spend a lot of time, so you are, you are in for a world of hurt. Has, so you're saying that that world has improved quite a bit over the oh, past yeah. number of years? And so that was my background. I've actually been over there. I spent time in, uh, you know, in Shenzhen and Hong Kong and Ningbo and in, in Europe and in Pakistan and like all these places actually working with factories, working on supply chain. But then now just you know, Alibaba alone changes significantly because you can basically mm. now go and find factories similar to how you find things on Amazon where there's rankings and ratings. You can see how much business they've done. You can get you know, at least a decent picture. And then also even things like you know when when morning time starts in in China or in, in Europe, like my my FaceTime starts going off with people that want to show you the progress of your product or show you exactly what's happening in their factory to pitch you. And it's just a completely different environment. And really, it's a now about 
you know, that is commoditized. Finding someone who can make your product at a low cost, a cost that's competitive to even yeah. giant companies is commoditized. Now it's about how do you make things that stand out? And then how do you make brands that are going to succeed over time and take advantage of, you know, TikTok or trends or new things that are going to propel you to the forefront? You know, this is amazing. And I think we've all seen uh, influencers and, and and folks that have some pretty big followings online uh, that say, well, shoot, you know, I got a pretty good following here. Uh, I talk about X, why not, you know, create, I see this a lot in the makeup world for sure. Oh, for sure. Uh, for yeah. Sure. Uh, which my, so my, I, I kind of watch my wife as she's watching all these, oh, so-and-so is coming out with their own line and they talk about the experience, the journey and how they selected the materials and the, you know, the, the, you know, the ingredients and so forth in each of those. But like, I'm on your website right now, productworld.xyz and just, you know, maybe some use cases. I'll let you maybe kind of go through some, some, you know, well, on, some on your note um, about influencers, you know, there's a really interesting company I've worked with called Pietra, where that's kind of their business model is they've said, hey, we've curated factories and we've got a team that understands how to work with influencers and launch products. And they basically allow those people with followings to work with really in-depth, knowledgeable folks in vetted factories to make influencer yeah. products. And they've done uh, like all these really legit lines. And I think this is just an example of all these things that are bubbling to the surface. And so yes. if you want to work with a dedicated partner, there's great people like that. And what I'm really focusing on is kind of two things, like helping people identify niches and say, what can I sell that's different? And then mm. also uh, helping them say, all right, now I want to build a line or I want to build SKUs that stand out or create a value proposition for my customer. What are kind of repeatable formulas and ideas that you can kind of consistently go into, whether I'm selling a protein powder or a sunglass or I'm trying to make a complicated consumer electronic? You know, how do you make it good? How do you make it resonate so you don't have to iterate and fail multiple times to get to a successful product? Yeah. And and so what you would say is like, look, no, we're not talking about... Um, I mean, yeah, it could, right? Um, so um, let's say that I'm in a situation where it's like, well, you know, I've searched all around, I've searched Alibaba and they have this, but what I'd really like to do is I'd like to add, uh, you know, oregano or whatever, yeah, right, exactly. too. And so so you can, can you approach factories that they're already doing this like, hey, I'd like to do a run, except I'd like to change up the formula a little bit, I'd like to change up the packaging, exactly. the branding yeah. and, you know, or, or make this modification. So let's say it's like a, uh, an IOT product or something like that and say, well, I want to do what these guys are doing, except I want to do it da, 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 like this. Yep, that's exactly right. And that's kind of what I think the key component to almost any product getting made for the first time is having a brief, I guess the term for it, we were saying, hey, we want to start with these things. Here's products we like, here's what we want to change. Here's what we expect it to cost, you know, and, and then working through that with your factory and you, whether you're working with someone overseas or domestic, yeah, there's, there's ups and downs to all of them, but it's about mm -hmm. understanding. Yeah. How do you make, I don't want to just make another vanilla protein powder. I want to make it keto or I want to add this flavor. I want to have, you know, we're going to add in this, you know, testosterone replacer or whatever it is. Like, it's just finding those things. When you do talk to a customer, you have a reason to stand out and it doesn't always have to be in the product. You can take an undifferentiated product and say, we're going to put top of the best in class customer service on top of it. And that's going to be our differentiator and sell in that way. Similar to, I know, you know, Zappos and brands like that who have really focused on customer service, or you can say, Hey, we're going to undercut price and that's going to be our entire play. Or there's a lot of ways to differentiate whether it's in the product itself or in how you take it to market. And it's about thinking through that. And then knowing that this is a better time than ever for someone to launch a product. I think we grew up with all of these giant conglomerates that owned everything you see on a grocery store shelf. But now you go in there and you'll see dozens of independent brands. Like there's never been a better time to kind of activate on that entrepreneurial journey around this than, than right now.
Yeah. And, and very specifically today, how would you, what, like what sorts of, uh, you know, best practices or, or what would you recommend to create a product that's going to stand out? Because obviously, you know, what we don't want to do is um, spend all this time. Obviously, you know, my concern is that if I'm only working with um, a producer, they could say, yeah, 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 we can build that, not a problem. Um, but that doesn't handle the question of, does the market want this? So uh, what are some best practices or, you know, how would you recommend someone vet their idea? Yeah. And so there's been two things that I've been, uh, two exercises, basically, that I've been talking a lot about that I think are really powerful. And again, only you could execute today in this kind of modern society that, that we're in is, and one of them is, um, is I call this an end-to-end -end product experience exercise where I'd recommend, say you want to make a sunglass, I would go order five or eight kind of top brands on the market and then document like literally every step of that experience from navigating to their website, choosing the options that you have, how fast it shipped, what notifications you got, the box when you opened it, how you know how you put it on for the first time, what's the manual, how does it last over time? And then which really write down every single step and then everything that isn't good about that experience becomes your product roadmap where you're like, Hey, mm. guess what? I didn't get any shipping notifications or, you know what? Yeah. It was really hard for me to figure out how to put this on the first time or it broke in three months, you know, whatever it is. If you do that across several products, you begin to get this matrix of, Hey, none of these brands are really good at X or Y. So that's one way to kind of explore it and begin to build a roadmap of what could be better. You can also do the same thing on the internet by just searching, going on Reddit and searching the word vent and your product name. And there's probably people complaining about things they see. Um, there's <laughs> yeah. a website called Thing Testing. It's the same thing. People review it and they get all their complaints. But the other thing I recommend to people now, especially with you know TikTok and Twitter and everything being so big is just make content, start a blog and make a video every day in your niche, You know, review products, You know, captivate news, aggregate reviews from people and put it online. And if you do that every day for 90 days or six months, you know, half hour a day, you're going to know so much intimately about your market and what people oh, feel about yeah. it just by putting that online. And you might have an audience to launch. And that's something, again, 10 years ago, that's unfathomable to we'll be able to put that kind of content out there and get a response. Yeah. Um, are, are there, how do we navigate the intellectual property uh, side of things. Like, you know, let's say, man, there's this product out there and, and I think it's pretty great, but man, they, you know, based on their product reviews, like they, there's like three key changes that I would make to it. Plus obviously, you know, change up the branding and everything like that. Um, how do, do, do we pretty much just have to work with an attorney to know if we've cleared the IP hurdles yeah, on that? Sure. If it's like too similar, because I don't think certainly you can count on the supplier to advise you on that. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. They'll just, I mean, look, so a lot of where we're at now is people are going to duplicate things and everything's going to be ultra competitive, almost no matter what, even yeah. if you end up having a patent for it, someone could sell against that and it'll take you years of you know uh, arbitration before you're actually going to get anywhere if you yeah. end up getting anywhere and so i think really you have to build uh yeah besides looking at oh there's a concrete patent on a concrete thing that you don't want to violate for most things and you can talk to an attorney about that especially in, in technology products but for most things it's just a matter of brand and, and longevity and like customer experience and there's like nothing is saturated in a world where so many people walk on Amazon every day and buy even things like coffee that you think that there's a million coffee companies. Like there's so much consumption happening of so many things and so many new internet consumers and retail exploration that there's room for so much that it really is just a matter of just be original. Like don't just knock something off and like blatantly, yeah. like really make it your own. And that can happen in brand as well. 
Yeah. Um, what are some examples of uh, of folks that you've worked with? Um, how did you take them through the process? Like, what is it like to work with you? And and again, if you want to do that in the form of a case study, by all means. Uh, great. Yes, look, I've worked on all kinds of products, uh, you know, across tons of different niches. Uh, I think that I'm trying to think of what the best example would be locally. You know, uh, I had a product development agency in, in Austin that I was... Um, that me and two partners ran still runs kind of like a contract engineering firm and a really interesting product that, that we built inside there is, is we would basically say that in our agency, we're going to dedicate like 10% of our working hours to product products, productizing our agency being saying, Hey, we're going to put ideas out there. We want to own. Mm. And one of the things that came out of that process, um, and I won't take credit for the idea. One of the other partners had the actual idea was this product called gel blaster, which is a kind of a nerf competitive uh, competitor. And now it's in, you know, all almost every Walmart it's in almost every target. Wow. It's a toy that shoots little water beads with no cleanup. And I think the iteration that we went through a lot there was, you know, saying, okay, we have this concept, you know, people want to play these kind of games, but they don't want the pain of airsoft. They don't want the, uh, they don't want to have the cleanup of some of these other things. They don't want to look like a gun because that makes people concerned. How are we going to kind of build mm -hmm. a, a toy that kind of works within this framework? And so a lot of it is just around careful iteration and careful walkthrough of the customer experience. And so typically, you know, in that scenario, we were building it ourselves. And so we were able to kind of iterate and brainstorm these things themselves. But what I like to do when I'm working with companies is, you know, really sit down and go, do you understand your customer? Have you talked to your customer? Do you know what your customer wants? Does your customer complain? And a lot of times people are so lost in their own business oh, that yeah. they aren't thinking about those things. And so we yep. just conduct those exercises one by one. And I can, as an impartial third party, you know, actually have some of those conversations try to bridge the gap between working through that and then make that product requirements document of, okay, what is it going to take to take this to the next level? What do people really want? And then you go cost it out and begin to decide on what the trade-offs and decisions are. And if you can take something to market uh, and then make sure you have a, uh, some sort of framework in place to measure things afterwards, whether it's net promoter score or whether you're doing customer success calls, understand how do you gauge success, you know, besides just sales. Yeah. And, and where do you commonly see like the biggest areas where people screw this up and, and, uh, and create a lot of um, pain, lost time, lost, you know, investment and stuff. Where, where are those biggest pitfalls? A couple of places is that, especially for new entrepreneurs or people that are making products just for social media is they'll make just one product. They'll have a hero product and that's what they sell, but they're missing out on the lifetime value of the customer by not having like secondary SKUs and attachment SKUs and upsells. And they'll focus so much on that one product or that one category that they'll they won't be able to generate enough kind of revenue from it per transaction to really make their scaling business work is something I see a lot for kind of new entrepreneurs. And so I know it's more costly and you have to do more development, but really having, Hey, here's our hero product. Here's some secondary products. Here's attachment SKUs. Like it's important to have that product mix. Um, and then the other thing I see with bigger, older companies is they just don't listen to their customers and uh, they just don't have those conversations. And if they, if they do, then there's someone who's made it their, you know, political mission internally to have this feature or that feature kind of change that. When I think that, especially in today's market where your customers can talk about your product online so openly, you have to be building to what they want. Uh, and you have to be taking that into account. And you also have to be telling that narrative to them on social media or through email or in retail about how you're making those changes and that you care and that you're operating it because everything is so hyper-competitive. Yeah. And then, um, Oren, it, it, let's say there's someone that's listening to us right now and they say, well, look, I, I've got an idea. I think it's a really great idea. Um, I, I, you know, could I, I could get the money uh, to, to put this together. Um, what are some realistic um, 
you know, I, I guess benchmarks in terms of like, you know, what kind of capital should I have on hand? Um, what's it going to cost to, I mean, I, I obviously, you know, the sky's the limit. Um, I, I'm just wondering, you know, what's a realistic, yeah, I probably wouldn't go down this road unless you have at least, you know, if you're talking about like a physical product, you know, it, it's just going to be some expenses. Um, you know, I'm just trying to think of like, you know, someone who's like right now is just completely at the ideation stage. Um, you know, how can they, well, maybe a better way to ask this is how can they figure out what the investment might be to kind of get down and start going down this road? Well, a lot of it depends on what you want, right? Is And I think that that's kind of the beauty of where we're at today in, in the, the current world is that you don't have to buy all your product up front and in advance and kind of scale with that. If you say, hey, I want to start a, a million dollar business next year, mm -hmm. you're probably going to have to have a million dollars worth of inventory, right? And so that's, but if you want to say, mm -hmm. we want to get the flywheel spinning, uh, we want to take $5,000 and spend X amount on R&D, a small amount on an initial shipment, and then begin to scale slowly from there. Like that's definitely very possible. The other thing that I, I recommend a lot to people who think they have a great idea is, okay, if you have a great idea, get a mock-up, get a few samples, and actually really try to sell it online in pre-sale. And you'll know pretty quick if people are actually willing to say, even, hey, I'll just give you my email for when you launch this product, you know you have something worth validating. But if you're putting it out there and no one will be willing to commit to it, you probably don't have product market fit yet. And you have to kind of continue to keep exploring that. But typically for CPG products, so I things like protein powders or you know, beverages of different categories or snacks or things like that, I do recommend people have closer to, to six figures to start because of the amount of R&D that comes into it and packaging and scaling. But yeah. if you just want to start a like an item like sunglasses or apparel or a specific widget or something like that. Like I've seen people start brands with, you know, sub $5,000 where they said, Hey, we're making a product that costs two or $3. Our minimum order quantity is 500 or so. We spent a thousand dollars on iteration and we're going to spend the rest on this initial website. And then we're going to very slowly scale. And that's what I recommend to a lot of people. It doesn't have to be some giant launch, just get started, put the content on social media, begin to build kind of a following and understand it. And then you can begin to like, once you have that story and those sales numbers, it's easier to raise capital wow. and you can begin to get the flywheel going yourself. Yeah. yeah. Very, very cool. Okay. So when somebody goes to your website, productworld.xyz, what would you recommend they do? I recommend they sign up for the newsletter, which is called Product People. So every every week I kind of, uh, I put out playbooks essentially where I'll say, hey, let's take uh, like this week I did um, foam slides. So basically like, like shoe slides, like, okay, Here's how they're built. Here's how you differentiate them. Here's factories that make them. Here's what the molds are going to cost. You know, here's kind of all these various things that, that come out of making that product. And I just kind of break down how it would be done. And uh, and then those kind of continually come out. And what I love about this is that it doesn't necessarily matter, you know, that it's a foam slide, like any injection molded product. And I explain what that is. And I show links to kind of what that is. You could, you know, take this kind of playbook and begin to think through in your mind, how do you make something in that space? So I like to think of it as, both inspiration and a toolkit for people to want to make their own products. And we send it out every week. Um, and it's it's come really popular. Like we're getting close to 5,000 subscribers right now. It's only been live for the last about three or four months. Um, and, you know, kind of a little nice little community there, people that are willing to help other entrepreneurs or who are kind of using these things to, to build something uh, online. And so I think that's the first thing I would do is I'd recommend that. And then also just go play around in the suppliers tab and look at these different ideas and these different um, companies and industries and find something that resonates with you and just, you know, begin putting some notes together. Yeah. Oren John, again, your website, productworld.xyz, fun conversation. Yeah. Uh, and um, anything else that people should know just in terms of like ways to engage with you or if they're like, oh no, uh, like how would they know that they need to book time with you? Uh, well, so I'm, I'm super active on Twitter and TikTok at Oren Meets World. And I think it's one of those where uh, I, 
I engage with tons of people on there. I'm not trying to you know, charge people for consultation calls or anything like that. I really happily kind of give advice out to entrepreneurs in this space. I've made so many products at this point and then help so many like larger companies that I just like giving that knowledge to entrepreneurs. So definitely feel free to DM me on either of those platforms. But a lot of it's just engaging with the content and getting in some of these online communities around doing this. Because I do feel like, especially on Twitter right now, there's just such a great uh, entrepreneurial community out there of people helping each other and collaborating on new brands. And if you're unsure where to start or want to meet people that are equally as interested, then that's a great place to do it. And you, you can pretty quickly find out who those people are from, uh, from my timeline. Yeah. Awesome. Oren John, thank you so much for joining us. Productworld.xyz. Thanks, Oren. Appreciate it, Josh. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. If you're a listener, I'd love to shout out your business to our whole audience for free. You can do that by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or join our listener Facebook group. Just search for The Thoughtful Entrepreneur in Facebook. I'd love even if you just stopped by to say hi. I'd love to meet you. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. We love our community who listens and shares our program every day. Together, we are empowering one another as thoughtful entrepreneurs. Hit subscribe so that tomorrow morning, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. I promise to bring positivity and inspiration to you for around 15 minutes each day. Thanks for listening and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Thank you.